And we are back with an all-new Borderline just before our pro shootout trip to where are we going this week? Minneapolis. Well, Ramsey outside of Minneapolis. Yeah. It's been a crazy schedule. So Minneapolis and then off to Detroit for another yeah. national. So yeah. jamming and, it in uh, there. Yeah, a little bit of a down weekend, although it's not. Hey, like your favorites of, this uh, weekend, though, Jeff. Your favorite Super Bowl is this weekend. Yeah, yeah, my my favorite. Actually, you know what? This <laughs> no comment. Uh, no, this weekend should be fun. This I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Actually, some good storylines and yeah, yeah. We'll see. Try to sell it, man. Sell it. Yeah. <laughs> Me selling Super Bowl is like you and I trying to work for the Chamber of Commerce in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> yeah, not not going to go very well. <laughs> No, I, I I really do like Super Bowl. You know my thoughts on this, and I and, and again, everything that I say on the show, I have told Stacy in Whoops. in numerous conversations. So I like I really like Super Bowl. I just want to do it once. I want to do one big Super Bowl. Agreed. I want to do it in and around the Super Bowl. Um, I, I know that's expensive to do, but like we did the first couple of years, we don't do it actually on site or even in the same city, but at least nearby. And we make it all football players, bring in 12, do some sort of plans, get down to our final eight, do whatever. Just do one big Super Hole event mm -hmm. uh, each year. And then I'd also like to do like golf does and just do one big pro-am. You know, we just, we just again, bring in 12 celebrities, bring in 16, bring in eight, whatever the number is. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever Marlon can figure out, because Marlon does a great job getting those people in. And and just blow it up. Just do one big weekend of a pro am. I think I think that'd be a lot of fun. So it's not that I don't like it. It's just no. I'm with you. I, I agree. The, the eight, the eight of them is just it's just yeah. Little, little and it's like herding cats. I, yeah, like, it's, it's got to be tough you, for Marlon. At, at, well, that and then like up, like when we do the show, like the live stuff and get them set up and call them out and all this. It's kind of like herding cats. And then it's like, what information do I say? Like, cause you know, obviously the agents want you to read all this stuff and it's like, well, we're making a really quick announcement. I can't read paragraphs of information. You know, it's like, yeah. it's yeah. Yeah. You Whatever. can't, you can't sit there and take, you know, all this time reading through their IMDB yeah. website just or yeah, through fun. all their, yeah. their achievements. But it's, anyway, so yes, I mean, that's, that's how, that's how I would like to structure just one big standalone event. I actually think it'd be great for sponsorships too. I think it'd be really great for like a big sponsor to kind of wrap their their hands around that. It could be a huge sponsorship for TV and for just an activation. Yeah. Um, you know, an on-site activation. But anyway, that's boring marketing talk. So hey man, uh, if you right. could make it happen, Jeff. Make yeah. it happen. That was my previous world. I don't know if I want that to be my current world. So know, I'm just man. enjoying doing the play by play. We'll see. All right. Hey, before we I'm get into, splotchy, uh, by the way, sorry, I know you're still you're still glitching on a little bit. Um, hey, before we get into too why. much cornhole, because we've got a lot to talk about. Um, did I lose you? Oh no, there you are. No, um, hey, let's 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 throw it back real quick. A little meet Jeff and Bernie, because I mean, they're literally we've got a list of like twelve things that we need to get to. So, quick little meet Jeff and Bernie. What the hell? By, by the way, first off, happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. And what the hell is up with you skydiving? Like you dropped this Didn't on happen. me on a text, like you're like, "Hey, I was going to go skydiving, but I got." I always wanted I'm to like, go skydiving. It's something like, I've what? always like, wanted to do. I've always wanted to do it. Never had a chance. Julie's gone before, and just a lot of stuff hasn't been going right. Trying to sell the place here, just a lot of stuff not going right. We we're like, man, we got to reverse the curse somehow. We need some sort of a, you know explosive thing to happen. 
Let's go skydiving. Reverse the so curse. You're going to go skydiving when things reverse aren't the going curse. right. Adrenaline. Just like, like, let's reset it, you know? And of course, it, how t I feel so bad for her because she's with me because these kinds of things have always happened to me, but they've never happened to her. So it's an hour and 15 minutes, hour, you know, something like that away from Atlanta to get out to it, right? We've got our time. We're headed out there. We're going to stop at a store, get some, get some drinks, a couple adult beverages, you know, because we we're going to have to wait kind of, you know, some, some, some brave fuel, if you will. We're in the store, so we're already an hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes out there. We're right down the road from the place. They call us while we're in the store. Hey, we're canceling the rest of the day due to what? Mm. And I'm just like, I just start laughing because like that stuff happens to me all the time, all the time. And it never happened. Like, so I feel bad for it. It's like, yeah, this is, this is my world. So we're rescheduling to July. But yeah, I'm jumping out of a perfectly good airplane at some point. I'm still I'm still questioning why when you say things are just not going right that you all of a sudden want to skydive. But hey, just gotta gotta reset it, man. Gotta do something to reset the world. Gotta get the adrenaline going. Reset it. Just a massive, it's like a massive reboot. That. As much as much as I think I would be scared oh, to death, I'm terrified. Um, yeah, I think I think I would actually enjoy it. From from what from what I can gather, just from talking to a few people who who have done it. It's it's really just that initial plunge, right? Because once yeah. you're in the air and you're going, you you're really fine. can't you really can't feel it. It's that first initial exit yeah, off the plane like and you are gone. I mean, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you reach 125 miles an hour like. like that, and then you stop. You you stay yeah. at 120. You know, gravity. You step. You get it to 125 miles an hour, and then you settle there. Yeah. But yeah, that first jump I mean, it would be like going over the top of a roller coaster. Which I don't really like. I don't like that feeling when your stomach kind of, but oh. the adrenaline rush and getting to the bottom and knowing that I've yeah. done it, dude, can't wait. Yeah, that'll be that'll be. Uh, As a matter of fact, could you skydive or bungee jump? Which would which would you rather do? Oh gosh, actually, I think I'd rather skydive. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, because if something like, goes I'm... wrong, if something goes wrong, bungee jumping, you might survive and be in pain or a paraplegic, right? Just for the rest of your life. Whereas something goes wrong in skydiving, it's going to be a terrible two minutes, but then you're not going to feel anything, right? So okay, that's and it's not, not exactly where I was going with that thought, but yeah, but it's not immediate. It's not immediate. <laughs> Jumping out of a plane, you don't see the yeah. ground right there. Like to me, that's terrifying. Bungee jumping is so scary to me. I don't think I could do it. Yeah, that that and and it's and it's the again from what I've heard with the with the with the bungee jumping. It's it's obviously the initial plunge, but then when that cord stretches and you get yanked back up, that's when it's just like <laughs> apparently just crazy adrenaline. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like the skydiving thing, like I, I read about where we were going, a ninety-year-old just did it. Right, he was celebrating his life. Jump out of a ninety-year-old can't bungee jump. You know, it's yeah, it's too you, physical. It's you yeah, know you, that like you you're saying that you snap at the bottom out of its socket. Yeah, yeah. So. If a 90-year-old man can jump out of a plane and be okay, I think I can do it. All right, good. I like that. You know? I like that. Um, are we going to get pictures or video? Did oh, yeah. Oh, we we got, got the whole package, man. We got the whole package ah, going. Nice. We're have, still, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to do <laughs> I'm probably going to soil myself. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yeah. acting like I'm going to be Billy Badass up in the plane. I'm probably going to be at the door going, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait just to, to get your reaction. What it was like when they first opened the door and you're yeah. like sitting right there or standing. I'll probably there. be like knowing me, I'll be deathly quiet. Like when I get really nervous and spooked, 
I get really, really still and quiet. Quiet. Yeah. And and that's probably what I'll be like. That'll be fun. <laughs> well, again, happy happy birthday. Yeah. And uh, which me. which oh which brings me to part two here of of meet Jeff and Bernie. Um, social media shout outs for birthdays and thank yous versus cards, old school versus just a plain text. So, I prefer, so do you have do you have thoughts on this? I prefer the social media because a if someone sends you a card yeah. for social reasons you're supposed to send a thank you card. Ain't nobody got time for that. No. I mean like if if you get 300 birthday cards, you've got to then send 300 thank you cards. No thanks. Want no part of that. Text is great. Can can you know shoot you a text right back. You send something on, on you know social media, I can just like it. Thanks. You know, that's my thank you. It's just like, I mean, it's so simple, yeah. right? And yeah. Do you I, still send your mom cards, by the way? Uh, when I can. I usually, there was, there used to be this great place called the Paper Skyscraper in Charlotte. If they're still around, shout out to the paper. They had the best cards. It was all kind of offbeat, kind of cool store. And they had the best cards. And I used to go there, but I think they closed. Another typical old charlotte thing that had character that they probably just bulldozed and put up a plastic building right there the reason i ask god i hope my mom's not going to watch this <laughs> so mother's day right and mm. um and i found my mom a great gift so they live they live half the year up in minnesota but just just about an hour and a half two two hours from where we're going to be uh, coming up this weekend. So for Mother's Day, she's she's a huge baseball fan. That's probably where I got it from when I was younger. She's sure. taking me to all my baseball games. So um, anyway, so I find this this great uh, book on the history of Minnesota Twins baseball because she loves the old school dugout stories. And that's exactly what this was. So I sent it to her, but I didn't send a card. Mm. And and uh, so she opened I got it. I love you, mom. I do. I love my mom. So she opens it up and uh, and she loves the book. She calls. She thanks me. Now, Jeffrey, should I be expecting a card from you? Yeah, they want the card more than the gift. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. They I want the personal kind of touch miss. way more than the gift because the gift is just kind of a mess. Eh. Did Jeff even buy this for me? Like, that's, you know, it's like, did someone else get this gift? But the card, you can't fake. But, but, or I mean, call, she knows it came from me. And I, it's and hard. I like, I'm, I'm so I'm the world's worst gift giver. If there's a ranking, I'm t- I'm bottom five, bottom five. It's not easy. I I'll, 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 I will admit. I, I I feel like I am a pretty good gift giver, but it's but I, I feel like I put way. Not that it's going to surprise anybody. Who knows? Yeah, me. I, I, I see you way doing very too much good thought job. into it. Yeah, I see you doing a good job. Yeah, way 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 too much thought into it. But I am not a good card giver, and part of that is the fact that I am vehemently opposed to spending six ninety nine <laughs> for a card. And and again, it's not like we can't afford six ninety nine. I just think that that's just outrageous. I just don't like it. Like I used to really go to the dollar store and and pick out a bunch of cards. They were great, ninety nine cents, two for a dollar. That's great. Yeah. Can we start over? I probably shouldn't be admitting this. I, I don't know, man. I I kind of liked it when I had when I could go to that one place. I mean, cards were a little expensive, but that was the beauty of it. They were also quirky and different, and it wasn't just your regular yeah. Hallmark card. I mean, the, I, you, it's kind of like you get what you pay for. It's a it's a better product but yeah i used to be a really good card giver actually because i actually i find interesting cards interesting and i think people 
like different. They don't like the regular Hallmark, you know. Yeah. I was always a funny card. Yeah. Giver. Yeah. I like, exactly. I like, I like the ones that, that made people laugh. Yeah. Make me laugh or think one of the two and hopefully yeah. both. All right. We got to move on. We started the yeah. show 12 minutes ago and it's just been a bunch <laughs> of just stupid shit. That's what we do, man. Yeah, Hashtag borderline. Um, you know, it's really interesting. Speaking of a few topics that we've talked about recently, as far as the greatest cornhole player to never win a national. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Ricky Fowler, I mean, I think we were all rooting for him in golf, right? I mean, he is the greatest player out there. Although, although I think you could make a, an argument. Is he really the greatest golfer to not win it? But, but that's it. But, but I agree with you, but that's his tag, right? The greatest golfer to never win a major. Yeah. And, and obviously just could not complete the deal on Sunday. He never wins Which, anything, by the way. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you look at it, I'm not sure he's the greatest. Yeah, I think he golfer. only has four wins total in his career. He's, he's actually, I meant to actually look at it before we went on the air. And he's I maybe five, maybe five, yeah, but I not, think it's, it's, four, not it's four or five. He's, but he's made so much money due to a marketing and the way that he's promoted himself and that, Hey, cornhole players, just throwing this out there. You can make a lot of money and be a big star and you don't have to win all the time. You have to have an ability to promote yourself. And Ricky Fowler did Pop that better than anybody, yep. anybody, you know? And so, but yeah, I think because he had dropped and we, you know, as Americans, we love a success story. Like we love a comeback story. And he yeah. had dropped down to almost 200th in the world rankings and was like last year at the U.S. Open didn't even qualify. He was like the first alternate, didn't even get to play. And so this year he's in the final group. I mean, that's we, we all love yeah. those stories. I feel like he was good enough in his career to be early in his career to be relevant. And, and of course, what he wore, I mean, his Puma dealership, I mean, he wore oh, very yeah. vibrant, exciting, you know, colorful um oklahoma state cowboy orange that's that's why where's the orange yeah yeah i mean you know and i loved him he 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 had a great personality he was likable and he was just good enough to be to be relevant obviously not great but but he has a he has a distinction jeff in 2014 he's the only player to finish top five in all four majors outside of tiger and a couple others yeah without winning without winning without winning he didn't win one but he finished top five in all four yeah which is which is crazy yeah, I feel like Jordan Spieth has done that quite a bit. But they, but they won. I mean, I guess it's the the only one to finish top five and not win. Yeah, I feel like Jordan Spieth has had I don't know how many second place finishes, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was interesting because we were just talking about our greatest cornhole player to never win a major, being Devin Harbaugh, and then we watch Ricky Fowler uh, the next weekend. So I thought but that Ricky, was interesting. But it, but it, it shows you it shows you I, I you know I, I think there are a lot of similarities between the sport of golf and cornhole. I mean, it physically, mentally, and just in the competition because, I mean, every weekend, and you and I have talked about this before, I mean, really, you could pick, like, it's so hard. We'll, we'll go through this later because I did I did print out the uh, the DraftKings odds. We'll talk about this later. Um, but, but, I mean, it's really tough to pick. I mean, there are 20 names on this list. I'm just talking pro singles. There are 20 names on this list. And really, you can make an argument that any single one of these guys could win it. And I sure. think that's very similar to golf. And that's you know, the players are getting frustrated. I had a couple of uh, conversations with players uh, when we were out in Portland, you know, because they're frustrated. But, you know, th- the good thing is that the players I was talking to, they're getting there. Like, you just have to get there, be in the discussion, be competitive. And it sometimes it just takes, you know, a few breaks. 
And and you know, but some of these players just need to keep their head up and just stay in the game. Well, just get to, there. And the same with golf. You just to have to the, be in the conversation on Sunday. To the Ricky Fowler point, if you want to talk about some of the players that are struggling, I think some of the players that you're talking about, they get close, but they kind of Ricky Fowler it. Right. Mm-hmm. The talent's there. You know, they they've got the bags, they've got the ability, they've got, you know, the skill sets to do it. The reason that Jamie Graham and Matt Guy and others have won so many times is their ability to do very well under pressure. Yeah. And that's what separates the truly elite from the very, very good cornhole players that we have in the pro division. I mean, there's there's guys and there's girls that are that are right there talent wise. They can play, they can win and they can beat you on the floor. Right. If it's round two and no one's really what you know what I mean? They can, you know, during the qualifying segment of the tournament, they can they can beat you out there in rounders. Yeah. But then it gets under the lights, even on the streaming courts, it gets there. And then obviously the, the broadcast court, there's a difference and it ratchets up, you know, exponentially each spot you go. And sure. certain people handle that well and certain people don't. And you can't run from that. And I think some of the players that are running from it in our pro division always find a reason to blame something else. Mm hmm. And that's their way of running from it. It's not my fault. Yep, I do hear my, a lot of that. I it's do not my fault that. that I'm losing. It's this, it's that. It's not my fault. And I think the players that take ownership of that tend to advance. And I think Devin Harbaugh is a perfect example. Someone that was kind of in that same vein that's kind of taken ownership of his game and said, you know what? I'm losing because of me when I lose. It's nothing else. It's me. Yeah. And now that I know it's just me, I can control me. Right. And so and now he's kind of elevated himself to number one in the world, still needs a big win to kind of solidify his his place in the game. But I think, you know, since he's taken ownership of himself and his game, we've seen what's happened. And I think there's a few players out there and I'm not going to name names, but players that I'm close to that I really, really like as people that just find a way to blame everything in the world but themselves. Yeah, I hear it, too. I hear it, too. I know exactly what you're talking about. This is not on my list of things to talk about. Um, but something you just said just kind of struck a nerve with me. Can you make a case for Jamie Graham being really totally overlooked at what he's done for the sport and what yes. he's done in this sport? Absolutely. I mean, I, I just thought about this. I mean, do we need do we need to start thinking about Jamie Graham differently? Yes. As far as far as a player and what he has accomplished. I mean he's Matt Guy, but he's in his his mid twenties. Bernie, he's 24 years old. I know. I mean, all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second. I mean, and you just kind of put into perspective a minute ago about how hard it is to win. He has 18 career titles. He's 24 years old. Yeah. I, I, Jamie's Jamie's ridiculous, man. He's yeah. And he's going, maybe and, maybe you know, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He I mean, I just, I just I I can't believe I'm saying that, but I, I think I think you could make a case for it. And I think it's personal reasons from certain players. I mean, I think there are rivalries and there are cliques in the game and there are certain groups that you know they're all friends kind of on a base level not friends but they're all they all get along as well as they can but there's clicks yeah. there's people that envy jamie there's people that don't really i mean i don't want to say don't like that's a little rough but maybe they're not all best friends and so he doesn't get you know his respect because of that but if you ask anybody who's a great player i mean jamie graham's one of the you know it's one of the first on the list and he's 24 years old and he's going through kind of a change again in his game, but he's still still a top 10, top 15 player, and he's going through a change, right? Like once yeah. he gets settled again, you're still talking about a top five player in the world who's probably going to win some more tournaments. Now, I mean, that right. that's – I agree with you. 
I don't think he does get the, the you know, because you don't, when everyone thinks about like Matt guy and what he's meant to the sport, blah, blah, blah. First, you know, first face on the Mount Rushmore cornhole. We all get that. But who's number two? Who's the second face? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question. Maybe, yeah. you know what? Maybe we should make an, no one would pay attention to our poll if we put it out there on social media. Borderline poll. Who's the second face on Mount Rushmore? You know, I don't know. Who is it? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure we can do it yet just because the sport is so young and the players are so young. I mean, can Jamie be number two on there? Sure. Do I put him on there right now? I don't know. I mean, I might be a fool. But isn't that to your point? I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, like, so, so here, like I was, I was doing a bunch of prep, right. For, for uh, Michigan coming up for Detroit coming up. And I, and I was going through Joe Neistat's profile. Um, full-time pro. So top three in the world in PPR last year, top four and four bagger percentage last year, two shootout runner-ups, two USA cornhole finalists, but no wins, two state singles finalists, but no wins, no national shootouts uh, or wins at, uh, you know, in, in world championships. But yet I'm like, I'm like, well, you know, he's only 26 years old and it's, 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 even though he's been playing the game for a long time, it's just his second year as a pro. So I give Joe Neistat a pass, but here we are expecting everything from Jamie Graham, you know, and when the guy has a bad weekend or dips a little bit, Oh geez. Wow. What's happening to Jamie Graham? He has, he's lost. <laughs> yeah. it. He's out of it. Where's he at? Where, where's Jamie it's, Graham? It's our fault. And he's younger and has 18 career titles. So it's I, our yeah, fault. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in a way it's our fault. I mean, we, we, we exist in the world of hyperbole, right? That's kind of what we do. Right. And so I've done it. I've, I've made mistake. I've made, you know, comments about Jamie and where his head's at. Is, is he injured? Is stuff going on in his personal life? Blah, blah, blah. I've said it. Right. But yeah, he's still, still Jamie Graham. You get Jamie Graham hot. He's beating everybody out there except for maybe one or two players that can go with him. A plus game to a plus game. Seriously. Handful, a handful at best. And I know there's pros out there going, well, I beat it. And like, you get his A game, you're not beating him. There's like four or five yeah. guys, and that's it. They can beat him Bernie, when he's playing well. Bernie, we went a few weeks. We didn't even have him in our top ten. I know, and, and now, now while we're having this conversation, I'm like, I'm an idiot. How can you not have Jamie Graham in there? I get, it, I get it. He wasn't playing well, but man, maybe, maybe he's just not getting the respect that he should. Which, which kind of transitions nicely into a topic we did want to talk about. Uh, that <laughs> nice segue, man. Way to go. We got to keep moving, right? <laughs> you know how this goes. So our job, this is really interesting when you were texting me this and we didn't have a chance to, uh, I didn't really have a chance to text you back, but, but our jobs as, as, you know, play by play guys, you know, whether it's live stream or on, or on the TV, our job as observers, as journalists, as broadcasters versus being, uh, critical, um, I, I would I would love to know your thoughts on that because I mean I've been doing this for a long time so I always have and I learned this as young as a young broadcaster that you know you ne- well you can't say never because I'm sure it's happened but but you can't really get personal with your criticism I think no, it's fair I, I, I think it's fair to be critical as far as um, like like I, I've mentioned this before Justin Stranger and Eric Davis are two players that I have difficulty. Uh, with seeing how they are going to be uh, consistent championship level players, uh, everyone knows my thoughts on Eric Davis. I, I just, I just think that that he's a guy who needs to slide more bags in the hole. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to go on this on this rant because I've done it a million times. Justin Stranger is another guy who I've been concerned with, not not as a person. I'm sure Justin's a great kid, 
his motion is so like a little bit herky-jerky and different that I think that that would be really difficult to do and really difficult to be consistent with. I could be wrong. Again, it has nothing to do with with his personality. It has nothing to do with Eric's personality. I, I I really like Eric. I've had conversations with him. You know, it's just it's just my observation versus being critical. So so I'd love to hear your your thoughts on that. Where you're going? With I, you know you know me. I mean, I have a reputation. But here, when I first was kind of given a role of doing some streaming courts and doing these shows, I was told that my job is to be critical. That that's what they want from me because we have plenty of people that are nice, right? And our job is to be critical, but I 100% agree with you. I'm never personal with my criticism. I am never talking about them as a human being. The problem is that when you have athletes and whatever sport, that's kind of who they are. So when you're criticizing their performance as an athlete, you are criticizing them in their minds. And so it's very hard for them to differentiate, like, hey, I'm just telling you what I see. And I'm not like Anthony and Trey, where I'm going to give you a bunch of PPR, DPR stuff. I'm not that guy. I'm going to tell you what my eyes see. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I go 100% by that. And I can be a little overly critical. But then again, I think it's kind of our job. And I would rather err on the side of at least having an opinion than just patting everybody on the back and saying, job well done. Right. Because, look, let's face it, you're playing a professional sport. It's not where other professional sports are, but it's still a professional sport. And you have to be treated like that. If you want the respect of everyone and you want the adulation and you want all the things that come with being great. Well, the downside of that is you have people like me that are saying, hey, man, you're not winning as much as you should. You're not playing as well in pressure situations. That's our job. That's actually we don't get paid a lot, but we get paid to do that. And I, I don't see a problem with it, even though I think it's sometimes taken as we're being mean spirited. You want to have a conversation with me. I'm actually a pretty nice guy, believe it or not. But in this type of situation, I think it's our job to be critical and to and to say what and to, yeah. to say what we see. And, and but I, I'm with you. Should never cross a line and make it personal. Should never right. be about their personality or what you think of them as a human being. Dan Marino and Charles Barkley have received criticism their entire lives for not being champions. Doesn't mean they're bad people, but there are people out there who will call out Dan Marino and Charles Barkley saying that they are not truly some of the greats of all time I, I, because I they never won a championship. So, so no, no, just to your point, yeah. you, I, I'm, I'm not here to debate whether or not. No, 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 no. I have, I have, a, fun, I have not, a funny, but, it, I have but a funny to your story. point, to your point, you know, there's always going to be people who, who are critical. Yeah. Um, I have a funny, no matter how, no matter how good you are. Here you go. Real quick. Caddied at the ocean course at Kiowa for a season. We had a pro, one of those pro-am tournaments where like the celebrity tournaments, Barkley and Marino, both there. Charles Barkley's the greatest guy on earth. Dan Marino is a jerk. <laughs> is that jerk. Right? Barkley is as cool as they come, man. I'm telling you, down to earth, great dude. Marino, not so much. But hey, that, that's uh, my own. So I've taken I the criticism. If Marino personally. still has his house out there. Marino at one point had a massive, massive like compound on the beach at Kiowa. I mean, I, I, yeah. I think he, I think he actually bought the property next to him. And then and then blew it all out and and just Probably. made and just you know built this huge oh so especially when you go on the end of the island out there by the ocean course and all that it's crazy oh my gosh it yeah. is yeah it's like some of those houses that you saw at uh, at the North Course in Los Angeles last yeah, weekend yeah it's ridiculous so um r- real quick just to put a cap on this like like I learned I learned you know there are certain buzzwords that that you don't well I shouldn't say you don't I don't say 
um, when observing players when they're playing live. I've got a great example. So I was uh, a broadcast, young broadcaster, AAA. We had a first baseman by the name of Jorge Toca. And um, the, Jorge Toca? Yeah. <laughs> that's... <I got> <laughs> That's, good, but that's not that's not no. where I was going with it, and I, and I never heard that. <laughs> although people could have made the case, but um, so Jorge Toca in the Mets organization, first baseman, big strong kid, right? And uh, they called him a four A player because he just could never make it to the. He's too good for for AAA, not good enough for the majors, so they called him a four A player. But anyway, so so um, on the road games, I did all the play by play by myself. Uh, at home, I would do the first three innings. My broadcast partner would do the middle three play by play. And then I would do the last three. It's nice to get a little bit of a break at home. Sure. Anyway, during the middle three innings, there was a throw from an infielder on the left side over to first base. And Toka, when reaching out, pulls his foot off the bag. And, and the play-by-play guy at the time said, that is just an incredibly lazy play. Well, that's where I feel like it just crosses the line. A little bit and you got to be careful and sure enough it got back because one of toka's family's members uh, was listening told the girlfriend the girlfriend told jorge all of a sudden jorge is up in the press box and wants to fight so so it didn't really didn't really end well but but to to his point um you know they do that all the time and when they're stretching like that at first base sometimes it's hard you know they, they make it look easy sometimes it's harder then you think because they're trying to stretch as far as they can to get to that baseball faster than the runner. So yeah. if your foot comes off the bag, it's going to happen sometimes. Does that make you lazy? Ah, I don't yeah. know. That's a fine line. So I, so I learned early on. You know, you got you got to watch some buzzwords when you're talking about players. So do you think like all right? So for example, in uh, in Erie, I talked about how Tony Smith basically kind of quit in singles. He was coming back through the losers bracket, was playing match after match after match, and then got down against Fisher and just kind of let it go. You could tell he just he was done. Is that bad to say? Because it's what he did. I mean, you know, he even admitted it's like, yeah, I was done. I just got tired. I just, you know, my head was gone. I was tired. Realized I was done. You know, I was done. I Is would, I would probably. That's how I would probably say it. I probably wouldn't use the word quit, but yeah, I'm probably I, a little I, bit. I'm probably a little bit more conservative on that. Just, just until you hear it from the horse's mouth, I probably wouldn't. I, I would probably say, wow, it looks like he is tired and he. Just yeah, doesn't want to be in this match because I think because I, I remember saying it and I think I went to, I remember saying it in my head going I think I went too far with that. I mean, it's what he did. But I think I just remember saying to myself, God, I yeah. can't say that because, you know, maybe he hurt himself. Maybe his arm hurts. Like, why? Why am I saying that? You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, that's that's one I'd like to take back. There's a couple I would like to take back here and there. But I think all in all, I think we do a pretty good job of being critical oh, without I, I, being I agree. overly critical. And, and being I, give, critical. I give broadcasters. um you know, a pass a lot because I know firsthand, especially for you guys, Bernie, when you and Wally are talking for five or six hours straight, you're not going to have a perfect game. It's impossible. You are going to say things. And Michelle's even learned this now. And she's even said, you're going to say things that as soon as they come out, you're like, oh, I just want to have that back. Yeah. But that's, that's live streaming. That's, that's live, you know, that that's live TV. Yeah. Uh, in some ways it's podcasting in a podcast like this. We don't edit it. Sometimes we say things we're like, Oh, yeah, to say that it's yeah. going to happen, you know, it's going to happen. But I agree with you. Um, I, I think we all do. I think we all do. Uh, even even some of the new guys and, and Jacob too. I, I, I think, think we do. Every, our best I think everyone's not doing to. a really, really doing a good job. You know what I mean? I think we do our best not to be personal. 
you know, like yeah. I, I think I, I take I take care in not being personal. I'm never going to. Now that I say that, I remember talking about Jamie wondering if there was something wrong in his personal life if that was being a problem. Now, is that being personal or is that just being observational? See, I w- again, I wouldn't say it. I mean, that that's why I try to stay out of that. When I was in the minor leagues for ten years, there was shit going but on. But it has an effect on him. I know, I I know, and that's why I try to stay out of that. Um, yeah. you know, I I, yeah, I, I wondered I, if I, I but again, I, you know, I'm probably I'm probably more of a conservative person, so I don't know. Yeah, it's I, I, try, I try to. And, and yeah, and unless they specifically talk to me about it and say, you know, I, I will ask them, hey, is it okay if I if I touch yeah. on that? You know, sometimes they say, yeah, you know, that, that's fine. I mean, I've talked to many players, and they'll say, yeah, hey, it's part of my story. I, I don't mind. I don't mind. You can you can talk about it, but unless they tell me, I probably don't talk about that. Yeah, uh, that's something I need to work on. I think I've crossed the line a couple, but not like being viciously personal, but maybe saying something that crosses a line. I don't know, maybe maybe a little too far, two or three times, but I, I think for the most part we're pretty good about it. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Uh, hey, speaking of personal stories, man, we got some great segues today. Yeah, nice job. Um, so again, going through my prep for Detroit. Sorry, I'm pulling up on my computer right now. Uh, for the California Slingers, there is a player by the name of Zachary Engelken. Am I saying mm-hmm. that right, Zach? Zach? I don't yep, know if it Zach. goes by Zachary or by Zach. Yeah, I believe. Um, we really have such great stories, and th- and this is a personal story. Um, in this sport, and th- this one, I mean, there there were many. I hate to just call out uh, Zach or Zachary, uh, but th- this one, this one just touched me. So 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 z- I'll call him Zachary because that's what it says. It's from Seneca, Kansas. He's in his mid thirties, construction worker, ACL rookie this year. Um, <clears throat> for those in Kansas. Uh, you, you probably know him. He's ranked fourth in the state, or, or ranked fourth in the state last year. But, but has has just a a powerful story. So in 2016, and this is just one of many, you know. But but you know, I figured I figured might as well use this podcast as a little bit of a platform to to talk about some of these. So in 2016, he got pneumonia and it attacked his heart, and yeah. and that speaks to me personally because um, there there actually that at some point in my life when i was younger something similar happened to me but on a, on a much smaller scale than this um i actually have a little bit of scar tissue in my heart but it didn't attack me like like this um so it, it really attacked his heart he spent 10 months just on machines right i mean yeah. just staying alive on machines and just waiting for i mean he had to get a new heart and uh, finally in 2017 um, you know, he, he got the call best day of his life, obviously. And he got his heart transplant and, um, he had always been an active guy, um, started playing cornhole basically as an outlet. I think, I think he was the starting pitcher maybe in college. Um, but, but, you know, a really great athlete, but he started playing cornhole just as an outlet and, and started to get pretty good at it. And then COVID hit, right. And, and anyone who has major organ, um, issues knows it was a scary time, obviously for, for everybody. So per his doctor's orders, he had to shut it down. I mean, he couldn't be out in public at all. So finally, you know, once we get past COVID started playing again, became a pro and, um, and so he, he basically had a, had a conversation with his wife and said, you know, are you okay with me starting to, to travel around and start to play, play cornhole? And she said, you know, that, that obviously, you know, yes, she was okay with it. It's gonna be tough because it's a lot of travels we all know, but she said, um, I'm okay with it under one condition. I want you to use your platform to spread awareness and importance 
of of organ donations. So <laughs> I I just think that's a great story, and and that actually reminds me, I need to write down the name of of the person uh, who's who who he got his heart from because it's actually in his bio. But yeah, just a just a powerful powerful story. So again, he's playing for the California Slingers. He's playing with Jay Corley, and that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. But again, you know, there's so many stories. I hate to just to pick out one, but that one. I love all the bands. If you have bands out there and you're watching and your band represents something that you'd like to promote, I'll wear it. This is still from the uh, anti-bullying. Oh, yeah. A year ago, this is still that Do it band. for Drake. Like, yeah. yeah. So you got yeah, it. I, wish, I wish, we, wish we did more with that. Yeah. So just throwing that out there to people. So Yeah, so powerful stories. So if you want somebody to root for um, or to watch. He's, I like he's, that. Yeah, he's definitely, he's definitely a good one. All right, so let's let's transition over to cornhole with that because we've got a ton coming up. We've got the shootout coming up this weekend, and then we've got uh, another national. So again, going going along with the theme, Bernie, of uh, you know best players to not win a blank. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just looking at this. There are some huge names right now that have not qualified. So we're five qualifiers down. Only three shootout series, yeah. yeah, yeah, to get to get into the uh, to get into the money. So coming up this weekend, I was looking at some of the odds. And let's just start with pro singles. Uh, so these are names of, I mean, big time names of players who have, believe it or not, never won a singles pro shootout. Again, we've only been doing this for what three, you know three years, three but years. still, some of these names surprise me. Justin Burton Jr. I checked his name. I don't think that really counts. This is his first year, yeah. uh, but. Some of these other ones, Devin Harbaugh has never won a single shootout. Yeah. Uh, Joe Neistat, Hunter Thorne, Jacob Trozinski, uh, Matthew Creekkiller, Philip Lopez. This is, is uh, Steve Bernasset, uh, Jordan Power. And these are Trey in singles, but these are singles, by the way. Yeah. Trey Burch has never won, won a single yeah. shootout. Yeah. Here, here are a few names of guys who have never won a shootout. Uh, some of the names who are left who have never won a shootout, period. Singles, singles or doubles. Joe Neistat. Uh, Matthew Creek Keller, Jacob Trzinski never won a shootout, and so they'll have a chance this weekend. It's, I uh, and I don't think it, you know. I think I, out there. I think I text you the importance of like our players still get like, and it's funny because if it's about money to you as a professional, the shootout series should be lock in time because oh. there's a chance to win a ton of money there for you as an individual and yeah. doubles. If you can win both, you've you've made a good year's earning, right? But yet they don't win as much money in some respects playing in, in the nationals into worlds, but yet, you know, obviously I think they would rather be known as someone that's won a national or was won worlds. Isn't that funny? Because they talk about always should be winning more money. It was like, well, here's the shootout series throwing money at you. (laughs) Pays more money. You know, but like there's this, and it's round limited, which some people still frown on. I don't know. And, and like, and I wonder if, if there's some players that have kind of like, like Ryan Smith, for example, seems to always be there. Has he yet this year? I was going to bring him up. Yeah. Believe it or not. Doubles, has not though, yeah, I mean, doubles. singles and yeah, singles has not yet this year. He's always there. He's a yeah. round limited machine. And I think he gets it. Yeah. I think, I think a player like De- uh, Devin Harbaugh is going to struggle in round limit because he's another player that doesn't mind getting down 10 to. Right. And then coming back and finding, well, can't do that in round limited because you don't have the time to come back. 
And I think we saw him do that in Portland, right? Wasn't he down several yeah. times and came back? Well, yeah, but that's he's willing to do that. He's okay yeah. with being down 12 to 10 to 14 4. Not a big deal for him. Well, that's not going to work in round limit. You you lose. Yeah. And I don't know if his game if he if he just decide I mean it's, it's almost like hey Devin score fast. Don't wait. Score fast. You know, like he needs to start re- rethinking that way. But anyway, I just the shootout series is right there with so much. Well, the problem is you don't win the money when you win your like if you win shootout number six. You don't really win money there. Your your money's at the end in the finals, and so I think right. players have a hard time. Like they're not thinking long dollar; they're thinking short dollar, and it's it's very difficult. But I don't it's know, like man. Real, shoot- it's like being a real estate agent. You work for free forever. Yeah. In the end, you finally get paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Day. Exactly. <laughs> you work for free for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And and I, I just I wonder if people are really taking that as serious because I think there's players that let's say are mid-level pro, like a Chris Kingsbury this year winning a shootout, now is in the shootout finals. What a great opportunity for a guy, you know, that's barely in the top hundred. Yeah. And singles, like hey, hey, here's a chance to win a ton of money. And I think maybe if, if some of our mid-level, and when I say mid-level, I'm not denigrating their talent. That's just where they're ranked. Your your mid-level pros get really good at round limit. Yep. Win some money. Yep. Uh, sh- uh, real quick, uh, women's side. Let's give a shout out to the ladies. Uh, Cameron Belvin. Obviously, it seems to be the obvious next one on the list. However, uh, a few names that still have not qualified still have a chance. Sarah Cassidy. And there's some big numbers or big names on this list uh, and some big numbers actually on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, if we could bet on this. Wow. Miranda Coy is plus 2,200. That can't be right. Sure. I mean, I know she's not having a great year in the pro standings, but wow. I, I mean, I, where would, who would I you mean, have put a hundred dollars on Miranda Coy to win 2,200? Uh, yeah, wow. It, anyway. Do it. I, I no, don't not, know if you're going to win, but do we need to do a disclaimer for that. I'm not saying do that. I'm just saying <laughs> it's look, you know, uh, Cameron Belvin, not allowed to do it, but I see a couple of these. Uh, Cameron's qualified late the last two years, if I'm not mistaken. I think she qualified uh, the last uh, qualifier the first year we did it. And strange to me because that's someone that shouldn't be waiting till the seventh or eighth yeah. time to win. I mean, she's too good for that. But I think uh, it was Yeti Irwan who, who finally locked up the final qualifying it's, the women's division is getting deeper it's getting yeah. deeper and deeper every year just like the the rest of it and i think it's getting tougher and tougher for these ladies i mean obviously the elephant in the room is cheyenne cheyenne always wins the first one and then she's done right she yeah. waits they relax but, the rest of the summer yeah yeah uh yeti irwan plus 850 that that man i i really wish we could i think it's this. cameron belvin i think cameron wins this weekend so yeah I, so the big names cameron sarah uh kaylee hunter uh plus 700 She's ranked. She's ranked like seventh in the world. She's top ten in the world on the women's side. Uh, Connie Connie Altai is plus plus yeah. seven hundred. Uh, There's some Yeti, names there. Uh, Allison Peters sneaking up uh, here. Danielle Luna. Jeez, Miranda Coy, plus twenty two hundred. Wow, Whew, man, too bad. I don't know, man. You should try it. See, I'd go all happens. in on that. No, we're not yeah. allowed to. We're not allowed to. That's right. All right. Uh, are we are we doing a top ten this week? Did Why you, not? Did you want to do it? Did you want to do a top ten? I, I did, and this year and this week, I messed up so bad last week trying to put three of them together and one on my phone. This time, I actually wrote them down, so it's a little bit easier to do. Real quick, uh, 
because I'm not sure much has changed and nothing's changed in my top 10. So I'll just, I'll let you go uh, mm-hmm. comment on yours, but real quick. Um, I totally forgot to get to this. You and I started by talking before we came on the air. Um, I, I, I really wish we had like some sports information directors or some people to feed us what happens at the state level and at the regional level. Uh, mm-hmm. I, apparently there were some big headlines. Like you said, Alex Hicks won in Kansas. I'm not sure that's a big headline. He probably should win in Kansas, but um, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. And again, I would never know about this, but, but thankfully the dad reached out to me. And, and again, I wish we got, if we got press releases, if we'd get some sort of information from the state level and from the regional level, I'd, I'd love to talk about some of these performances, some of these names. So, and I'm not sure if he reached out to you as well. Tell me about Justin, is it Caballero or Caballero? I don't know how they say it. Double Caballero, L's y. Yeah. Yes. The double L's Y I know. Yeah. So Justin Caballero, uh, Caballero is the dad, right? of yeah. Easton and Trevor. Yep. So you and I were having a discussion a few weeks ago about, is there a, is it, okay. so, you know, we were having the discussion. Is there a player out there who could be right? Like the next mm-hmm. Tiger Woods, the next Michael Jordan. So Easton won, albeit competitive level, but still one competitive singles down in Florida. Correct. And he is five. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where they live. That's that. That's what. I, so so again, this is the problem. We have to rely on Facebook and parents, you know. So so again, but if you know, I don't know why Justin would lie to us, reaching out to us. Yeah, but I his wish. Son I, Easton is five years old. One yeah. competitive thing is he throwing from 27 feet? Because I've seen some video when he was younger. He's throwing at the juniors line, which is like 21 or something. Yeah, like I mean, that. I mean, he he his comment was about Trevor, about Trevor being the, you know, the the transcendent player. Coming up, and how old and, is know, Trevor? I mean, Easton's five. Not, What's Trevor? Not seven, very, nine? seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. You know, obviously, amazing what those kids can do. He's, but Easton, at five years old, yeah. won it. One competitor at five. Yeah, I mean, what? What? Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, I'd, lo- I'd love to get some information on that so we could pass that stuff along. That, that we need an that SID. Of, we need an SID of some sort. But there's so many directors. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of directors that someone would have to wrangle up, and we'd have to depend on the directors to give us that information in a timely yeah. manner. Even just and, the rankings, even just, you know, or not the rankings, even just the results. Yeah. Which they do. They just do it on Facebook. So then you've got a hundred. Yeah, and I don't have Facebook. time to go through 256 <laughs> Facebook posts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, there's no way I'm going to do that. No one, yeah. has, no, no one in the media is going to do that. Uh, yeah. I, I'm with you, bit, man. A little bit of it, help. A little bit it's of help. tough. It's tough because to the players out there, the average player, they, they put a lot of weight on all those tournaments. Those tournaments mean a lot to them. Yeah. Whereas you and I are very, national centric shootout centric you know things of that nature well they they, they're you know maybe even the opens like those folks are putting a lot of weight on those local tournaments so it it would be nice to know exactly what's going on instead of having to chase it down but you know well the opens we i mean the the nationals obviously shootouts and the opens we get information on you know it's all on the website but from some of this you know grassroots stuff to, to me that's a big story so justin Thank you for reaching out. Um, I, I wish we had more time to talk about it. Congratulations to Easton. Again, I, I'd like to know more about it, about what happened in the details. But, I mean, truly at five years old to win a competitive singles at five? Yeah, it's insane. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, wrap it up. Top 10. Again, my top 10 is the same. Jake Gore, number nine. Jamie Graham, number nine. Or, sorry, Jake Gore, number 10. Jamie Graham, number nine. Alex Rawls, Matt Guy, Devin Harbaugh. And then my top five, JBJ, Caleb Fisher, Mark Richards, and I'm going to keep Tony at number one. All right. I actually had uh, some others that I wanted to mention that are not in my top 10. Logan Chamberlain, Joe Nista, Jacob Trzinski, Jay Cord. Your first four out. 
I've got Hunter Thorne, Logan Chamberlain, Cheyenne, uh, JT, Alan Rawls as my first five out. Yeah, those are my first. And now I'm cheating again at number 10. I've got Jamie Graham and Matt Guy tied at number 10. Yeah. Just I'm cheating again. Number nine, Alex Rawls. Guy's won a national. If you look at his rankings, I think it's 16th or 17th, 16th, I think, pro singles. But the guy's won a national. He's got to have him in the top 10. Number eight, my eight spot, Hunter Thorne. A guy, uh, I don't, eight, I don't, I don't, wow. Well, eight, you know, eight's my number where I put in someone kind of all over. I but like it. Yeah. If you look at the rankings, he's a top 10 player in, in singles ranking. So welcome to the top, my top 10, Hunter. Seven, Allen Rawls. He has to be there. He, he just has to be there. If you look at what he's done, he has I, to be there. I'd I mean, like the to be able to that, argue, but I can't. I mean, the fact that people don't uh, put him in there, it's insane. Just look at what he's done. Insane. He I has know. to be there. I know. I don't right. know how. Number six, Tony Smith. Probably should be a little higher. I just, when I looked at his pro singles ranking, he's outside the top 10 in pro singles because of the beginning of the year. Right now, he's one of the top three or four players. But because of the beginning of the year, that still kind of counts for me. So number six, Tony Smith. Number five, five seconds, by the way. Caleb Batson. Number four, Fisher Hamilton. Number three, Justin Burton Jr. Number two, Mark Richards. Number one, my guy, Devin Harbaugh. Okay. That's my top ten. And, and so you some. really think that Devin can beat all those guys? Uh, Devin can beat a, anyone a, on the planet. National. He can beat anybody he wants to. He can. Do you think he will? At some point, yeah. He <laughs> has beaten, beaten all those people. In national, not on a national level. Yes, he has. He just may no, have lost to national. I know, but he's beaten all those players in nationals. Oh yeah, I mean, at some point he's beat them all. Yeah, but he's beat them in. He's won brackets. Win one. He's won bracket finals against a lot of those players. I mean, it's just you know, yep. he'll get there. Well, I, I, who am I to argue? I mean, he's number one in the world right now. So, yeah. all right. Um, again, belated happy birthday. Glad you had a good weekend, and yeah. glad you didn't skydive. So that way, I know for sure I'll see you coming up this weekend. All right. All right. We'll see you in Minneapolis. All right, buddy. All right, everybody. Have a good week. Thanks. Bye. Yeah.